No one's going to be socialized in the future. It's kind of like a reverse mullet. Party in the front, business in the back. This is Founder Quest. Speaking of town meetings, though, we had a streamed event from our local school district last night in which they revealed that the our school district will not be having school in person for the first semester of the year. They're going to do a wait and see approach and see if they can uh, have school opening in the next semester in, I guess, January. But uh, for now, the kids are going to be at home. So how do you feel about that? I think that's the right decision. You know, you, you, in, in the state of Washington and in King County, in which we live, the coronavirus cases are going higher than they were in the initial, what, back in March. So I don't, I don't see how it's a good idea to have a bunch of kids in an enclosed space for an extended period of time. You know, in those kind but of the difference, the difference this time is that it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> the, the hurricane just, passed us. It's a good thing that it fizzled out, you know, just the, the flame was <laughs> extinguished. Now my, my son is not too excited about the idea because he yeah. actually likes to, you know, leave the house and see his friends and, you know, things that we would do in a normal world where mm -hmm. we had good leadership that helped us keep things under control. But but no. So that part's unfortunate, but at least we won't die. You know. <laughs> Silver linings. <laughs> yeah. We try and keep the podcast pretty non-political, but it's hard to it's hard to contain the simmering rage sometimes. <laughs> My new greeting for people when I'm like just checking in on them is like, how's how's the apocalypse going? <laughs> I saw a tweet uh, talking about the resurgence in cases, and she said, uh, well, how am I supposed to Open my emails now because now it's precedented times. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I know it's it's kind of weird how yeah how precedented like this is <laughs> feeling because it's like okay yeah like I have all this list of things I can't do. That's normal now. Like I've right. got all these precautions I take when I leave the house. That's normal now. It's just like daily life. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like back in March when they were talking about what the new normal is going to be like, they weren't thinking just like March. <laughs> it's like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, just like March, but you're a little more comfortable with all the like um, PPE and the, the I don't know, like I, I stopped like spraying down like all the, the bags of, of chips with, with bleach. <laughs> I stopped doing that because yeah. apparently that's not like very important to do. I've installed the UVC conveyor belt <gasps> device in my, in my front room so I can just pass all the groceries through there instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Are we going to, should we send a precedented times email? <laughs> like we, should we finally get around to sending that COVID email? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope this email finds you well in these precedented times. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, I've completely been ignoring our, our email uh, marketing lately. Yeah. We should do some of that someday. Probably. I don't know. I've also been enjoying getting work done. <laughs> So today, I think we're going to talk about, like, we're going to talk about, about Safe Harbor. 2020 just really sucks, right? 2020 is just like the, it's like where the, the pillars that you've built your life on just sort of crumble out from underneath you. And one of these sort of milder pillars, I guess, is, is Safe Harbor. It's funny, actually, because it, it's not Safe Harbor. Safe it's Har not Safe Harbor. But that goes along well with precedented times because <laughs> Safe Harbor was the thing that happened five years ago. And now we're dealing with it again because of privacy shield. Safe, 
Yeah. Oh, privacy yeah. shield. Was I'm privacy sorry. Privacy shield, the thing that was a response to Safe Harbor. Yes. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yes. Okay. When, I got my like. Um, yeah. When, when Safe Harbor got torpedoed, then Privacy Shield came around. Yeah. Because. Yeah. I can't keep my bullshit straight. <laughs> so yes, precedent times indeed. So yeah, so we're still shielding the harbor though. Is that was that the idea? But no, we no longer are now like the shield. The shields are down. Is that? <laughs> I, I'm losing track can't, of this metaphor. Can't take much more of this, Captain. <laughs> well, they've sort of dropped it though, because like it was, it was. Well, which one came first, Safe Harbor? Yeah, Safe Harbor. And then Privacy Shield, and now it's um, like standard contractual clauses or something like that. Right, yeah. which have been so around. Today, right. Yeah. Today we're talking about data. Data. And, okay. And again, not not Star Trek. <laughs> and what to do with it? <laughs> Ones and zeros. Yeah. So yeah. So a brief, I guess, a brief history is in order. So back in the olden days, pre two thousand fifteen. <laughs> so the the whole thing is data transfer from the EU to the US. That's that's what we're talking about, and that's that's why we care because we have customers in the EU and they want to send us data. Like in our, in our case, in Honey Badger's case, we have customers who are sending potentially confidential data about their customers, right? Maybe a, an email address or an address or something that might show up in an exception report. And so they have to be concerned, our customers do, about what data they send us and how we protect that data because there are varying laws around the world about data protection, like we've seen with GDPR in the past few years. So uh, I guess a brief history is back in the early 2000s, the EU started to get concerned about the U.S. not having as good as uh, protections on data as the EU did. And so they came up with this agreement with the U.S. on how data would be treated that got transferred to the U.S. from the EU. And that ended up in the Safe Harbor Agreement, which basically said that, oh, U.S. companies, if you agree to this kind of thing, then you can accept data from the EU because you agree to do these kind of you know, protections, like you're not just going to you know, publish it on the billboard or, or whatever, right? But then... <laughs> it got kind of blown up from a, a court case in the European Union. Let's see, it's uh, what, Schrems? Is that what it's called? Schrems, yeah, Schrems 1 and yeah, Schrems, Schrems one. 2 then. Yeah. Well, Schrems 1 was a case that got decided by the Court of Justice of the European Union. And that was a, a, basically a, a privacy advocate who said, man, the safe harbor stuff, mm -mm, it's not really good enough. And so he sued and the Court of Justice agreed and invalidated Safe Harbor. And that sucked. Yes. Safe Harbor, like, it's, it, I mean, it, it was kind of weak sauce, right? It's kind of like, it seemed to me more like the Pledge of Allegiance and like a binding sort of uh, contract. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. It was just like, we, we hold these data to be like protected. Pinky we sweat. really, really promise. Right. Yeah. Right. Across yeah. our heart, hope to die, it will be protected. Yeah. So, the court decided, nope, not good enough. And so the, everybody hustled and put in an evaluate effort and came up with the privacy shield. And that was fine. It still was like, okay, you're going to, as a US company, you're going to pledge to assure that you're going to do these kinds of things with data. But overall, my, my impression being on <laughs> the implementation end was that it felt a little more, I don't know, real. I don't know. It's, it was less of a just, you know, saying you're going to do the system stuff and then more of a, yes, you're actually doing some stuff. I don't know. There, there really mm -hmm. was no, you know, uh, privacy shield police that came and knocked on your door, but it was more detailed. It was, it felt a little more official, I guess. 
And I, I thought it was fine. Like the, my only real snag about Privacy Shield, like we we started it, what, 2018 is when we, I think, is the first time that we actually went through the Privacy Shield process, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, registering with the FTC and saying that you're going to do it basically and paying your fee and you agree to have a representative that can adjudicate any kind of claims that an EU resident might make against you for violating their data protection. So we did that and we set that up. So my only real beef was that it cost like 350 bucks a year. And I thought that's, <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous, uh, you know, but they were, you know, the FTC was saying, well, you know, we've got to have money to fund this program because we have to have people running it. I'm like, oh, okay, but. The punchline is how much we're, we're going to pay for our, our SOC 2 audits. That's the punchline to this joke. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different story. <laughs> 350 bucks sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Privacy issue was fine. It made sense to me. Like you, you, yeah. you agree, you pledge it, you get listed in this little database and you say, yeah, we're going to do these things. And we did. Like we lived up to those mm-hmm. things. But, but um, you know, the return of Shrems, <laughs> Shrems 2, this this person did not rest and said, no, yeah. not well, I was going to, I was going to say like from your description of uh, privacy shield and the Shrems one case, it sounds like one thing that they would pro- that probably would like throw a wrench into the works would be, I don't know, like national governments having policies of surveillance where they create massive data centers that suck up all the information from basically any source they can find and store it for ever indefinitely. Is that, is that part of this? Do you think like why, why there's a, a Shrems two? Yep, it definitely is. Yeah. And FISA courts and the Snowden re- revelations and yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the Snowden thing is what blew up Safe Harbor because right, there, weren't, yeah. there weren't enough. You know, once that was revealed, they're, they're just, it didn't, it looked like a paper tiger, I guess. Uh, it didn't look like it had enough teeth to really fight off the kinds of things that the US government was doing. So that's Privacy Shield. But I don't know enough about the decisions and the cases to say why. Privacy Shield was a second victim. I don't, all, all I know is we have customers knocking on our door saying, okay, now that Privacy Shield is dead, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Well, the long, I mean, the short version is that there was a second Shrems case, right? And that case right. is the one that recently decided that Privacy Shield is no longer adequate. As, and I think leaving in place some, addish, some, previous, some additional measures like the SEC, the standard, um, what is it? The standard contractual clauses. Standard contractual clauses, which have been around, but those are still in effect. And it seems like that is now becoming, that's like one of the things you, that have become maybe elevated. Is, is that, am I understanding yeah. that correctly? Yeah. The standard contractual clauses are what it says on the tin. They are standard and yeah. that they have this is basically boilerplate. Uh, they are a contract, so they represent a contract between you, the, de- well, there's actually three different kinds, but in our case, a contract between the data importer, which would be Honey Badger, and the data exporter, which would be one of our customers who is sending us some data. And then clauses, there are, this boilerplate has a set number of clauses that they don't, they don't change and they just specify what the, you know, what fulfills the contract, like what kind of provisions are you operating under that will assure that the data is being treated in a, in a very kindly way. Right. And for now, the standard contractual clauses are still fine. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but everyone who's talking about this privacy shield decision that came down just last week, July 16th, last week, last week, right? Yep. 
they're they're saying, well, yeah, you got you got your SECs now, but I mean that's yeah, next, that's right? Way, that's yeah, gonna, that's gonna be on the chopping block next. So, are so, you do you know what's going on with the uh, like the U.S. response to this? Because um, I read there was a great article which I I think we can link up in TechCrunch that went through like the history that you shared with us, Ben. From what I understood or took from it, it sounds like the U.S. like on our end we had these like obligations, like you said, like to pay our fees and meet these obligations that are kind of just like surface, but you still have to do it. And it said the U.S. is still like that is still active. Like you, st- our obligations under the U.S. side of this is are still required. However, we still have to comply with whatever the EU says in order to actually fulfill those responsibilities now. And Privacy Shield is no longer adequate. So this is why we're like talking about moving like creating data centers in Europe, basically, yeah. to like satisfy those requirements. Does that, is that like, well, the right, yeah. is that a right way to explain it or? Yeah. I think, you know, there are two things to think about. There's the, there's the legal stuff, what you're committing to, and then there's the, you know, business to business stuff that you're committing right. to, right? So for privacy shield, like we, we were pledging in that case to the US, to the FTC, that we would take certain, you know, concerns and safeguards over data, right? And then basically that relays to a company in the EU saying, so the FTC is saying, yep, you know, Honey Badger, they've, they've promised to do this and we will follow up. If you say they don't, they're not, then we will go and knock on their door and find out what's going on there, right? And, but the, the invalidation of the privacy shield from the EU perspective is if you're, if you're an EU company, that's not good enough anymore. That assurance okay. isn't good enough to give to your customers saying that we're taking care of data well, with our sub-processors, which yeah. Honey Badger in this case would be a sub-processor, right? And so, so now these EU companies who have been told through this decision that, hey, that's, that's not good enough. Now they're like, well, okay, well, we'll have to fall back to these standard contractual clauses mm-hmm. for that. Basically, it's an individual commitment between the sub-processor, Honey Badger, and that business, right? Okay. So, that, so, from our, like, so we're being affected like from uh, by our customers in the EU because right. they have to comply with this, which means they have to get us to comply with the EU side of this. Exactly. Versus, what, versus like if we were if we didn't have any EU customers and we you know for whatever reason still wanted to have Privacy Shield in the US, we could still do it. It wouldn't mean anything, right? But we could still have our whatever put it on our website or yep. something like that. Exactly. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, until until last week, yeah. you had that privacy shield logo on your site, and that would say, "Oh, yeah, so this company is agreeing to a certain standard of data protection, right?" Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's just like it's the, just like the same old like compliance, uh, like spider web, where everyone yep. is like, yeah, affecting everyone else and connected, interconnected. Okay. Right. So if, to your point, yeah, privacy shield is still thi- the thing, right? It's still valid. You can still. We're still a member. We've we paid our dues for this year, you know. Yeah, we don't uh, get our three fifty back. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't, unfortunately. Dang. Uh, so, so we could still say put that up on our website and say, "Yep, yeah, we're Privacy Shield." You know, we, we're good. We're, we're treating your data well, but no one cares anymore because of this yeah. of this ruling. Because no one in the U.S. cares, right? We don't care about <laughs> privacy at all, <laughs> except for maybe the state of California, and that's that's a different kettle of fish, but. Uh, yeah, and this is this is just um like this is just privacy shield like but like our other badges are still just like they're valid they're un they're unaffected like our our like McAfee trusted site badge <laughs> um like our Better Business Bureau badge like all those are are just mm-hmm. com- they're they're separate 
So don't worry about that. Um, we're uh, still. I was worried. We're still golden. We're yeah. still working that Angie's list listing, but you know, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So can I tell y'all something about the? Um, so I was reviewing the standard contractual clauses pull requests that Ben asked us to the other day, and. I was just, I didn't understand that he was just asking, I think, for me to look at the end of it. So I was like, I was just going to read this whole thing. And so I read, I read the whole it all. <laughs> yeah. And I was reading this and I didn't understand what the whole, I didn't understand what these were about. I just thought these were like things that our lawyer told us to put in our thing. And I'm just like, what, what is our lawyer? Like, what are we paying our lawyer for? They're just giving away the farm here. Like, <laughs> like I expect this to be like, you know, here are the conditions in which like you can't sue us, which is all the conditions, right? <laughs> I mean, not that that's fair, but that's what a lawyer is supposed to do for you. Yeah. And it's this... just like, it's like, we understand that under these conditions, like all these people can sue us. <laughs> it's just like, no, yeah. no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree to that. I mean, I do because it's fair and whatever, but it's just, it, it made me a little bit anxious. So yeah, it's, it's really weird because I guess it's not weird. It's just, it just shows like a difference in sort of perspective because like in the US, corporations, which we kind of are, are um, privileged in a lot of ways. Like the U.S. prefers corporations over people. And, you know, that sucks. <laughs> I wish it wasn't the case, but it sucks. Like there's um, as a corporation and as the owner of a corporation, you get a lot of of perks. And so it's just kind of it's kind of yeah, like, like um, having, unusual like to have having liability, liability and writing is a little strange for for us. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's like it's like this is CUS. If you get cancer from using Honeypatch, you're like, we're sorry. <laughs> like... <laughs> No, I mean, again, I should say that I, this is not what I really think, but it's just, um, <laughs> I've gotten so used to this, this like mentality. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's this document coming in saying like, if, if you get cancer, we will recognize that it's our fault. And yeah. So I don't know, like, I don't know, like what, what's going to happen if we get like sued in Brussels? Like, I guess we'd hire like a, a Belgian lawyer. I had like, the I same thought. Like what, I mean, like. Yeah. I, I haven't heard about those cases, like, like at least not, definitely not on a small scale. Like you, you hear what happens when like, you know, Facebook. And I think actually that's, that's probably maybe a point to discuss is like a lot of this is a result of large companies like Google and Facebook. But yeah, I don't know. Like what, what does happen if like, will small people get pulled into these sort of things? Cause that doesn't sound like a great future for, for uh, small tech businesses, to be honest, you know, even though like it's solving an actual problem with the whole privacy issue. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't think that's really something that's new here, right? Cause you always yeah. could have been sued by some. Well, yeah. Right. And, Belgium, and it's right? not very frequent. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know that it really makes that big of a difference. I could, yeah. I could be wrong, but Seems... uh, I mean, that's, that's why you buy insurance, right? You yeah. Know, we, makes... we have, the general policy, we have the errors and emissions policy, we have the cyber policy, right? Because mm -hmm. of things like that, right? Where if there's a breach or some other sort of thing, then that policy and we get sued, then yeah. that policy steps in and pays for those kind of costs. That's good. That's a really good point. Pro tip, buy insurance. Yeah, buy insurance. Like in every situation, buy insurance. In our case, we've had customers specifically uh, require that we have the cyber. So we have some custom agreements in place. And mm -hmm. uh, part of those agreements is that we have the cyber insurance specifically to handle things like breaches and, and lawsuits and that sure. sort of thing. So um, yeah, it's a good idea. It's not terribly expensive. And uh, it's, it's a good, if you're dealing with a bunch of data, like, like mm -hmm. we are, that would be painful if it got breached, like it would be for us. 
then it's, it's good to have that. Well, Star, sorry, I, I guess you'll have to cancel that uh, Brussels uh, attorney retainer. Well, I am wondering if our insurance like will cover (laughs) stuff in Europe. Yeah, yeah, I don't. That's a good. I don't know. I have no idea. Because I, I want. I'm pretty sure my car insurance won't work in Europe. Hopefully it does. (laughs) So the the thing though that makes me a little nervous is what happens when Schrems three happens, right? (laughs) And these standard contractual clauses are ruled invalid or unenforceable or whatever the legal term would be that basically makes it go away. And the only thing I can think of is like, well, I guess you got to have a data center in the EU so that the data stays there versus coming over to the US. Yeah. So it's all about the data. It's not about us as a company, really. Like we can be a US company, but as long as we have like our data centers in the EU and the data doesn't leave the EU, then it doesn't, we like, we don't have to do all this stuff. I'm no legal expert, so I will give you an unqualified maybe to that. Okay. I mean, that sounds about like what most legal, legal experts have always told me <laughs> whenever I ask them a question. So <laughs> maybe I am a legal expert. There you go. But, but he's there not. Subtext. I mean, that's what I always told like freelancing clients, right? <laughs> you know, I think the, if you step back, the 40,000 foot view is the, the EU wants to protect the privacy of its citizens, right? including the data that they might leave across the internet. So mm-hmm. their, their name, their birthday, and stuff like that. And, and the concern with Safe Harbor and with Privacy Shield has been, okay, well, what if some other entity like the US, in this case, has a uh, regime in place that doesn't care about hoovering up all the data about anybody on the planet? Well, then that's, that's in direct conflict with the goal of the EU to protect privacy of their, of their residents, right? So how can you protect that if, you don't have any, if, if none of these agreements really hold water? Because the sovereign authority of the United States says, well, tough. I don't care what you agreed to. We're going to do whatever we want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think having data in a data center that's not in the U.S. is, you know, step one, helpful there. And then to your point star is that is that enough i mean if if you're even operating in the u.s is that you know going to be a problem <sighs> it might depend uh, which direction yeah you go I mean, in the is, future yeah i don't know i mean is, is that is that data being transferred at all to the to the u.s in the form of somebody using their web browser hitting our you know web app that happens to be running in virginia which is actually talking to data that's living in frankfurt i don't know Maybe it's just time to like move the whole company to the EU. <laughs> That's one option. Like we could, yeah, there we go. I mean, we could um, find a little, a little chalet in some like <laughs> Alpine village. The, the other option is you say EU residents don't, or companies, you can't do business with us. And that's, that's not a fun idea. I don't, I don't like that idea very much. Or move to some kind of self-hosted model where we just sell a license to the software. Would that, does that work or do you still have a... Yeah, as long as you're not, yeah, because at that point, you're not touching data anymore. Yeah, as long as you're not hosting the data, yeah. I wonder, um, like, long-term, what are, like, long-term future, like, what would, a, I guess, a different future look like? For instance, if a uh, wild idea, if the U.S. decided to change its approach towards privacy, user privacy and data retention, like, what if we, you know, what if Congress enact, had an act that all of a sudden said, you know, there's no more... FISA courts, there's no more like, and I say can't just like hoover up all the data. We're going to enact some regulation that is more in line with 
the EU's like perspective of things, which I mean, to be honest, like I don't see any other way to protect, like, I mean, how do you, how do you protect user data on the internet or anywhere aside through, you know, without regulating it in some way, like you end up with what we have, what, you know, which is the wild west kind of. So, but yeah, what if like, what if the US did create some sort of regular like policy, which is in line with them? Could that result in future, like, you know, maybe Shrems 3 could be a good thing. Like maybe it's like, okay, well, it's, it's the return of, you know, the, a more cooperative. I'm trying to present a, an optimistic version of the future since <laughs> we do a lot of doom and gloom. Um, we never speculate on, on p- positive outcomes. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe it'll be Shrem 7, like the return of <laughs> the return revenge. of Safe Harbor. <laughs> revenge of the Shrems. Um, <laughs> yeah, revenge. <laughs> I, I think that's got to be the episode title. <laughs> Shrem Strikes Back. The, the uh, great thing is that nobody, like very few people, people are going to understand it, but I still love it. <laughs> I think that's, that's totally possible. And there's even some question like, and I mentioned California earlier as a wild card because they have the CCPA, yeah, I think, yeah. which is not, is not, you know, hundred percent alike the GDPR, but it has similarities and the goal being to protect uh, data. Yeah. There's actually some question like, oh, well, I mean, California's policies are better than the U.S. is at large. So maybe companies running in California can, can have to, won't have to deal as much with this kind of pain as companies in other parts of the U.S. because they have better protections. I think that's a pretty big open question. But yeah, I think, I think it, it is possible that we could get to a point where the U.S. has policies that are similar enough to the EU's policies that it could be a, a moot point, which I think would be fantastic. Yeah, when you say policies like that, that makes me think of the current state of the federal government and like the, the sort of like response to the COVID um, crisis, which has been like essentially like every stage is doing its own thing. And so it's like, I'm wondering if, if we may end up with, you know, like 30 different um, data protection systems and then, um, you know, like 20, like 20 states without them who are trying to like lure companies there being like, see, we don't, we don't protect data. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, just, it seems, that just, definitely seems like a problem I don't know. to solve on the federal level. It's, it's not like we would have done so many things like seem like a problem tax. to solve on the federal level. Josh. <laughs> so many things do, uh-huh. but, but that's, we don't believe in that in this country. <laughs> it's moral. It's morally wrong to solve problems on the federal level. Don't you understand? Yeah. Yeah. More people should go back and uh, read the federalist. They go through point by point. A lot of the things that make sense to solve on the federal level. Here's an interesting twist. Like, so if, if the EU is more cohesive than the United States, like, what does that say? Like, because the EU isn't even really a country. <laughs> that, is, that is an interesting conversation to have, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to start our own politics podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm down. Honey pundit? I don't know. <laughs> so... As, as you alluded to, we did have a change to our website this week where we pulled down the privacy shield text and put up the standard contractual clauses text. And now that's part of our data processing addendum, which we did a while back for the GDPR. So all of our European customers who send us data are now covered under 
via our standard terms, both the data processing addendum and the standard contractual clauses so that they can be assured that we are treating their data with the utmost respect and uh, trying to be good netizens. And uh, of course, we're also going through that SOC compliance process to, to prove it that way too. But, uh, but yes, we, we run a tight ship here at Honey Badger and, uh, and hope, hopefully we will be able to continue serving our EU customers for many years to come. Yeah. And please, please don't sue us. Like, just, just talk to us. Like we're, we're nice. Like we'll, we'll help you out, but just, yeah, just don't sue us in Belgium. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to figure out if our insurance works over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, do we have anything more to say on this topic or should we, um, should we ride in, into the sunset? I think we nailed it. Nailed it. This is, right. this is a good podcast. I think this is going to be it is. a good one. Yeah. How long will it take for someone to like write us and say, you got it all wrong and here's, here's how. <laughs> well, I mean, this yeah. is the internet. This it's is just, the internet. It doesn't matter because we just won't retweet them. <laughs> I saw something on Twitter that was like, somebody was like, so in pandemic, I've started making flower bouquets every day for my wife and it's pretty easy and here's how you can do it. And then somebody like wrote underneath is like, these are garbage. Like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> That's rough. It's like, yeah, it's like, it, like I owned a flower like, shop before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, fortunately, not too many people like when we started Honey Badger, I expected way more of that. And, and we haven't really gotten a lot of it yet. So people seem nice to us. Yeah. For a while, we thought maybe all the people from Sweden were being like that to us, but really like they're actually really nice people, but there's just like a bluntness that sort of is, is it's lost in translation in, in a little bit. And yeah, so, so anyway, we, we um, have come to understand that and love all of our um, Swedish friends. Yeah, <laughs> I actually think that uh, I've, I've come to appreciate bluntness a little bit more, especially if, you, if both parties can drop the, you know, the like, personal offense at, at a blunt comment, like you get to the, you, know, you can communicate a lot more effectively if you just get right to the point. Yeah, that's true, that's true. All right. So yeah, well, okay. We're done. Get out of here. This has been, well, this has been founder quest. So like leave us a review if you want to be blunt, if you want to, yeah, whatever. And if you want to write for a blog, um, come to our blog at honeybadger.io and go click on blog. And there's, there's like a link at the top. that will say write for us. So that's, that's it. All right. Catch y'all later. Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. Founder Quest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.